Thank you, ladies, for coming out tonight. There's a million things you could be doing, but you're here uh, to hear God's word and to gather with God's people. That's no small thing. And thank you, Krista, for the opportunity to to share with the ladies. Um, I'm grateful, and I count it a privilege. And I also want to say thank you to the whole team of women's ministry because you all carry the women of Crossway on your hearts, and you pray for us, and you meet, and you uh, discern a great direction for us as women. So it's no small thing, and it is a sacrifice. You do it willingly and joyfully, but it comes at a cost, so thank you very much. So as I was talking with Krista about um, what I should speak on tonight, the first topic I thought of was taming the tongue. And I thought, that's like taming the tongue. Everybody needs to tame their tongue. Um, And I thought, well, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's a topic for me personally, taming my tongue. Um, So as I talked with Krista, she mentioned that it was on the heart of the women, uh, the women's ministry team, uh, to speak about weariness in women's lives. And when I heard that, it resonated very strongly with me that, yes, this is a time of uh, weariness for many of us, all of us at some level, if we're honest. The year 2020 has been a hard one. Um, everyone's been affected by COVID and racial tensions and uh, divisions and politics, and, and that's just on the outside. Inwardly, we all have things that we're working through, whether it's relational conflict or finances or health. So um, it's, it seems very appropriate that we would learn about uh, weariness and ha- what's the remedy. So in general, the remedy, we think, is to look inward and downward. If I'm upset over something, I look inside myself for the answer. That's our default. But the Lord calls us to something greater than that. So we're going to read Psalm 121. And um, as I speak tonight, we're just going to go verse by verse through the psalm. So if you'll turn there with me, that'd be great. I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither sleep, slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I feel like that alone is enough. We could just wrap up and go home, right? The Lord, if that's everything. He is the one who keeps us. So the, the goal of tonight is to talk about how God is our helper and our keeper. So um, it starts off with, I lift my eyes to the hills. About four years ago, I had the chance to go to Italy to see our daughter, Hannah. Who's pregnant, you might know. I'm going to be a grandma. No big deal. Um, So four years ago, she was studying in Italy, and it was um, a chance of a lifetime for Pete and I to get to go and see her. So we, uh, one day, we took um, a trip up the Dolomites, which are the Italian Alps. Kind of a big deal, like once-in-a-lifetime thing. Well, it was at that point that I felt like I should pour out my soul and my angstiness to Pete in conflict. Imagine, okay, just snapshot. In Italy, once-in-a-lifetime trip. Driving through the Dolomites, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Driving, driving with my husband, once-in-a-lifetime. And I, rather than like, just enjoying the scenery, I'm literally looking down and inward and trying to express my angsty thoughts to Pete, who very sweetly is like nodding, and I'm sure he's like, 
was with my wife. We're in Italy, and she's, you know, all angsty. So I'm looking down and, and trying to articulate how I'm feeling because it was clearly so important that I would share it in that moment. And um, I feel like the Lord say, look up. So I looked up, and my breath was kind of taken away from me. So on the, the left-hand side, there's mountains that are snow-capped. And on the right-hand side, there's turquoise uh, water. It's the Adriatic Sea. Once in a lifetime. And there I'm, I'm angsty and inward. And the Lord said, you're living like, like this is me, that I'm small. But in actuality, this is who I am. And in that moment, I thought, I'm, I'm making God so small by thinking that he has to be uh, the God that, I, that makes sense to me. But in actuality, he's vast and he's, he's great and he's um, larger than any issues in any of our lives at any time. So, of course, I asked Pete to forgive me, and we moved on. And then we enjoyed the scenery. And I took a picture of the, the Adriatic Sea, and I, I'm a terrible t- picture taker. Any of you who know me knows that's not even just a humble whatever. It's actually really true. I'm terrible. But I have it hanging on my wall because I always want to remember that moment when I was living like God is here, but he's, he's vast and huge. So the question for us tonight is, where are you looking for your help? We're always looking somewhere for help. Whether or not we realize it isn't the issue. The issue is we are, we function out of where we think we'll get our help. You can be looking in um, social media. If you're, if you're feeling struggling, if you're struggling, you can uh, look inward. You can just decide, you know what? Life is too hard. I'm just going to scroll. I can't deal with this. You could be looking to shopping. Some people go on Amazon and um, you know, buy a bunch of stuff. You can look to your friends to feed the insatiable needs that you have. And we know that, that none of those things satisfy, but they're the things that we can look to for help. Um, but the Lord tells us to look where? Beyond our circumstances and look up to the hills, because that's where our help comes. And he is always at work in us. And what's interesting about the hills is that you can see hills or, or mountains, and you could think that this shows God's vast power. And I think that's, I think that's accurate. But it, what it means in the Psalms, what commentaries say is that David... Um, hid in the hills from Saul. So when he told his soul to look to the hills, he is remembering them as a place of desperation and despair and not knowing what the Lord was up to. So he sees the hills and he remembers, that was a dark time in my life, but God was faithful. So when we command our souls to look to the hills from where our help comes, it's not um, kind of like live in denial. It's saying, no soul, We're speaking truth to ourselves, and we're remembering God's faithfulness. So let's be women who lift our gaze upward and outward to God, because that's an expression of faith. We want to see that God is um, faithful. We want to remind our souls of that. A good gauge, if, if I'm upward and outward, I have faith and I have peace. If I'm inward and downward, I'm angsty and anxious. And uh, for me, that's a good help to know, like, okay, where, where am I looking for my help? Am I looking to myself or am I looking to the Lord? Uh, this part of the scripture says that our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He made the hills, right? He's the maker of everything, and yet he is our helper. Scripture says, Isaiah 41 says, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
And then Isaiah 41 says, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say, Fear not, I am the one who helps you. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Um, I love when my kids were little, I would always hold their hands. It was like my favorite thing in the whole world is to have their little tiny hand inside my hand. And um, whenever I could, I would hold their hands and I would just I would cherish it, usually. I mean, sometimes <laughs> maybe it was a little stressful. But in general, I'd love to hold their hands. And poor Sianna, I still hold her hands sometimes. And she's very sweet. She obliges me. But she gives me a bit of a side eye because she's almost 13 now. So I'm just like, all right, Mom, you could not hold my hand. Um, but what the scriptures tell us is that the Lord holds our right hand. And what's different about us with the Lord is we never outgrow our need to hold his hand. We never outgrow our need to reach to him for our help. And um, we're holding on to something. We are reaching for something when trouble strikes. So what are we reaching for? Uh, reach, let's be women who reach for the hand of the Lord to uphold us and help us and steady us. So the Lord's our helper. He's also our keeper, and he's our keeper in three ways. He's the keeper that positions us. He's our keeper who protects us, and he's our keeper who um, causes us to persevere. So the first portion is that he positions us. So verses 3 and 4, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. What a comfort that is, that God, he never needs a break. He's very active. And everything that's going on in your life right this second is ordained by God. The Lord has positioned you where you are, and there's nothing that will come to you that he hasn't ordained for you specifically. And he won't let your foot be moved. He He uh, positions you and stabilizes you. A few weeks ago, we got some painting done, and I took a... a, a a plaque off the top, uh, a, <laughs> a plaque over our bed, down. And it's a pretty big plaque. Um, so the painting was done, and I thought, okay, I'm just going to put it back, and it'll be great. And in the middle of the night, it fell off the wall and hit me and Pete in the head. And, and if my husband, yeah, he would not have, that wouldn't have happened if he did it, but it makes perfect sense it would happen when I put it up. So we wake up in the middle of the night, and Pete was still kind of groggy, so I thought, oh, I guess it didn't hit him. And then I just removed the huge sign from my head and put it aside. And, um, and Pete, the next morning, he wakes up, and I'm like, hey, I'm like, what's on your head? He's like, yeah, something hit me in the, in the middle of the night. And um, I had to say, well, you know, the sign that was above the bed. I put it back. And so I positioned it very poorly. I was very haphazard, but the Lord is never haphazard. What he places, he establishes, and it's fixed. And we can have comfort and faith in that. And we want to connect these things back to his character, right? So he's not just like a, a great guy who positions us and we could be secure. He's our sovereign God who reigns over all. We want to take, uh, we want to have a picture of who he is. Um, because he's omniscient, he positions us. So I have a question for the, the young girls here. Um, who knows what omniscient means? Raise your hand. Yes. All something. 
all-knowing, all-wise. He's all-wise, so he allows everything that happens for our good and for his glory. He is sovereign. Uh, John Piper says that sovereignty is God's right and power to do anything that he decides. And then he goes on to say God's providence is God's wise and purposeful sovereignty. So when the Lord places you, he positions you and me in situations, some we would choose, some we wouldn't. It's because of his wise sovereignty and his providence. So think about circumstances that you're facing. The Lord has placed you there. It's not a surprise to him. He's not, he's not unsure of how to, how to make a good outcome. He's always working for your good. He's always working for his glory. That's who he is. It's what he does. It's unalterable because his character is unchanging. And that's what we want to be skilled in. We could be skilled in knowing our struggles. It's a little trickier to know the character of God in our struggles. And that's how we lift our eyes to the hills. Like, this is hard, but God's character says, he placed me here. He's all-knowing. So he's our keeper because he positions us. And Arthur Pink says, cultivate the holy habit of seeing the hand of God in everything that happens to you. Do we do that? Are we skilled at that? Everything that happens, do we trace it back to the hand of God? It's easy to think, oh, this is incidental. Oh, this is, it, it's, it, it's escaped God's view. But every single thing that happens, good and bad, easy and hard, it's the hand of God at work on our behalves. And we want to be skilled at seeing that. So God positions us, and he's also our keeper in that he protects us. So verses 5 and 6 says that he won't let the sun scorch us by day or the moon by night. Behold, our God will keep us. Yes. Um, So, sorry, I missed up my notes. Um, So he protects us. He won't let us be scorched. Um, And how many of you have gone to the beach on a a bright sunny day? Probably most of us. Um, In high school, we went on a beach trip and I fell asleep. And I got so burned, I literally had sun poison and um, couldn't open my eyes, like sun poison. And how much would I have benefited from shade? I didn't know that I needed it, right? But I just thought I wanted to be out in the sun. And um, the Lord doesn't let that happen to us. No matter what our souls feel like, no matter what your soul feels like tonight, like, God, I can't take another second. I feel scorched. I can't do this. The Lord says, not so. I am the shade that protects you from the sun. He will always protect us. And the character, he's not just a good older brother that protects us. His character is omnipotence. He's omnipotent. Who, girls, who knows what omnipotent means? It's easy. All something. Come on, shout it out. All powerful. Thank you, Abby Plank. Your mom's so proud. The, the Lord will not let us be scorched by trials because he's all-powerful. We can look to the hills because he is our protector. Spurgeon says, It would be a very sharp and trying experience to me to think that I have an affliction. Now listen to this, an affliction that God never sent me, that the bitter cup was never filled by his hand, that my trials were never measured out by him nor sent to me by his arrangement of their weight and their quantity. 
It's a great comfort to know that the Lord himself measures out our trials. We won't struggle one second longer than he's allowed that's good for us. He won't let the intensity be one, um, one moment more than what he's ordained. It's measured out for us. And it can feel like this will never end. God has forgotten me. Why is this happening? But note the sovereign God who's all powerful has measured it out for each of us. And some of us may be in an easy season where we see God's goodness and the sun is just shining, right? We don't feel the scorching. But others of us may be in a situation where we see the scorching, we feel the scorching heat of the sun. The Lord tells us that we will not be burned because he is the one who measures out each circumstance that he allows in our lives. We can have great comfort and hope in that. As we lift our eyes to the hills, we remind ourselves that he's all-powerful and this is what he's ordained for us. And therefore, it's good. Even when it doesn't feel good, we know that he's working for our good. So we know that he positions us, he protects us, and he causes us to persevere. He preserves our lives and causes us to persevere. Um, several years ago, Pete and I had a friend who had a cat. And they were really thrilled with their cat, which is great. And that's fine. You could be a cat person. That's all right. Um, so they, they talked, we were at their house for dinner, and they talked a lot about their cat. And they, wanted, <laughs> and they wanted to know if we wanted to see their cat. And we're like, well, I guess we should want to see your cat. It seems like a pretty exciting cat. And um, so uh, after dinner, they, they proceed to tell us the cat had died. So we're like, okay, <laughs> nothing weird here, <laughs> okay, like, um, so we go and we see, we get ready to see their cat and then, um, they, it was in a box and we see it and it looks like, like, you know, kind of frightening. And the cat had been hit by a car and not kidding. And they preserved it. I'm like, okay, um, nice cat. You know, what do you, how do you respond to that? I'm like, sorry about your cat. It, the taxidermist did a great job. Like, I don't know. Um. But here's the thing, not so with the Lord. He doesn't preserve us like that. <laughs> it can feel like he preserves us in our worst moments, that, that is, that's how we are. We're, we're, in our worst moments, that's us. But what he does is he transforms us from glory to glory into the likeness of his son. And he does that because of his character and because he's omnipresent. Okay, girls, what does omnipresent mean? And Abby can't answer. Ella, I see whispering. What is it? Always present. Really easy. The Lord is ever present. He never, there, there's no beginning to him and there's no end to him. So he keeps our lives from this time forth and forevermore. That's what scripture tells us. So no matter what we're experiencing, the Lord is with us. He is the maker of heaven and earth, yet he knows the numbers of hairs on our heads. He meets out all of our trials for our good and for his glory. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He's always, he always completes what he starts. If you feel weary that you, you're not finishing well, or how will I finish this race? You don't have to worry because your God, my God, our God, He's capable because that's his character. He completes his work, and he's always with us. So he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he is always with us. We can take great, great comfort that he's transforming us glory to glory. 
So it's interesting that Jasmine read the scripture as well. Um, but I, I want to close with this, Isaiah 40. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, that my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? And I do wonder if some of us came tonight with that. Maybe we wouldn't say that, but that's hidden in our hearts. Like, Lord, have you forgotten me? Where Don't you see me? Don't you know, know how I'm struggling? But this is what he says to us. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't faint or grow weary. We do. He is understand, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, that's us, and to him who has no might, he increases his strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We want to be women who train our hearts to quiet the noise and lift our eyes to the hills from where our help comes. And in so doing, we're beholding our God, and he's quieting the noise. It's hard to quiet our own noise when we look within. But when we look to the hills from where our help comes, and we know his character, that puts everything into perspective. And um, not only do we want to be women who do that for ourselves, we want to be able to do it for our friends. When our friends are struggling, take them by the chin. Look to the Lord. This is who he is. This is what he says. He sees us. He hears us. And he knows us. And he's always working for our good. He'll always protect. He'll always preserve. He'll always cause us to persevere. Because that is who he is. It's not who we are. We're weak. We're weary. But God is the everlasting God.